0: Girlfriends, episode number 257, The Rich Beauty of Liturgical Living with Jenny Shaw. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance and joy in family living. This week, I'm talking with special guest Jenny Shaw all about liturgical living, the good, the bad and the ugly. Let's get going. Hey, girlfriends, glad you're here. Thanks for showing up for another episode of the Girlfriends podcast. If this is your first time visiting us here at Girlfriends, I wanna give you a special welcome. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for giving us a try. If you are sometimes a long time listener, welcome back. I'm so glad to be able to connect with you here on the podcast. So before we dive into this week's topic, I just wanna remind you of a couple of things I've mentioned in previous shows, but in case you missed it, first of all, Seek 2021 is an online podcast conference that's being brought to you by the good people over at Focus, um, a conference that is huge and focused on young people, especially. And I want to encourage you to register and take part in this year's summit, which is going to be featuring Father Mike Schmitz, among other amazing speakers. You can check out the link in the show notes for the Girlfriends podcast. Get yourself over there and avail yourself of this. Maybe you aren't ever able to attend one in person, which requires traveling most often, if you're not able to do that, this is actually a really unique opportunity for you to virtually attend a Sikh conference. So follow the link in the show notes that are available over at ascensionpress.com. The other virtual event I want to remind you of is the Catholic Bible Summit, which is taking place over the weekend of February 11th through the 13th. Again, this is free. You can follow the link in the show notes at ascensionpress.com or connect with my link through social media to register for free. And you get access to dozens of talks by some fantastic Catholic speakers, Bible scholars, people like Scott and Kimberly Hahn, Sarah Christmeyer, Father Mike Schmitz again. (laughs) He's amazing and he's all over the place. Um, Also... People like Sonia Corbett, people who are friends of the Girlfriends podcast, people you have enjoyed their content here and in other places. And the entire event is being hosted by Mark Hart, also known as the Bible Geek. So you can check out that link in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. I'm one of the presenters there, and I'm excited to connect with you about ways that we can make scripture more a part of our everyday life, how we can dive deeper into scripture, use the Bible, become more familiar with the Bible, learn more about the Bible. We're looking to get some inspiration and hope inside of this virtual event. I really can't wait to connect with you there. So check out the links in the show notes at ascensionpress.com and consider yourself personally invited by me. All right, I hope to see you there. Okay, so this week, our topic is liturgical living. And are you familiar with that phrase? That is, I don't know when that phrase came into vogue, because for sure, when I was a kid growing up, that was not something I ever heard about. And I was raised in a very Catholic household of nine children. And my parents gave us a a beautiful formation in the faith, but nobody talked about liturgical living. But anyway, you're celebrating feast days or holy days or observing, you know, liturgical seasons like Lent or Advent. I mean, that all counts. So for sure, we did some liturgical living, but maybe not on the extraordinary level that some people do it today. Like if you go on Instagram, you can find accounts where they are doing such beautiful crafts and recipes and reading projects and writing projects and music and all of these different ways that they are celebrating even some rather obscure feast days in the Catholic faith. And it can be overwhelming. So if that word, you know, that phrase liturgical living kind of makes you stiffen up, (laughs) kind of brace yourself for something that's going to feel like mama guilt or um, something along those lines. Fear not. Our guest today is Jenny Shaw, and she is a liturgical living coach, which I never even knew existed. And she's just sharing in a very real way, because she's also a mom of many young children. So in a very real way about ways in which liturgical living can enhance your life, can enrich your life. There, it really is a gift to participate in the life of the church in these various ways. So lose the guilt if you're suffering from guilt from not doing the crafts, not ever doing a Jesse tree. Hey, okay, full disclosure, I never, I didn't grow up with a Jesse tree and we have never done a Jesse tree in our family. Like. I'm okay with that. It just wasn't something uh I wanted to invest time and energy in any particular advent, even though I know it's a beautiful thing. And many people do enjoy incorporating that into their family lives. This is what I mean. Pick and choose what works for you. And you know what? They're probably going to be some times in your family's life. Like I look back now on when all the kids were little and I was not really working much outside of the home. And I I did have the the time, not always the energy, to invest in in certain things that I kind of let fall by the wayside during busier times of our family life. And that's okay. That is part, that is every bit a part of God's plan for your family. He knows that's going to ebb and it's going to flow and there are going to be busy times, quieter times. There are going to be times when you're able to do some extra things and times when that's not so much in the cards for you. And I think... So much joy is to be found in embracing right where you are and making your peace with that. So don't let liturgical living be something that layers guilt upon you inside of your experience of motherhood. Let it be an invitation to engage more deeply with the life of the church in whatever way makes sense for you personally and for your family and whatever age or stage of family life that you are in right now. Now, I know my guest, Jenny, is going to echo many of these thoughts and sentiments, so I'm eager to introduce you all to her. Take a listen. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Girlfriends. Today, joining me here on the show is Jenny Shaw. Jenny is a Catholic wife and a Charlotte Mason homeschooling mother of newly eight children. She just had a baby. Now your bio, Jenny says nine years, they're all nine years old and younger. Has that changed? Is that 10 years and younger now?
1: Yeah, he just, our oldest just turned 11.
0: Okay, so <laughs> all 11 and under. So um, one of Jenny's favorite ways to live liturgically and inscribe the ancient truth, goodness, and beauty of the church on the hearts of her children is through music. On her website, barefootabby.com, she shares free singing with the saints' hymn offerings and liturgical library. She also offers her services as a liturgical living consultant. And that's a new thing for me. So I'm excited to dive into this conversation. Welcome to Girlfriends, Jenny. I'm so glad
1: glad you're here. I'm so glad to be here. And that's just a swanky, you know, uh, I didn't know how to, how to convey. I just want to sit and chat with you about something that I love, you know? So a friend said, well, that's like, like a consultant, like a consultation. I was like, okay, don't really know what that means, but, um, (laughs) you know, if it's, if it's a time for conversation and, and, uh, you know, walk with the mom, then. Then yeah, yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> oh, that's
0: so great. Well, let, let's get started um let's start there. Like how did you how did you come to be involved in liturgical living? Tell us a little bit about your family and your faith background.
1: Uh so um my dad is actually a uh, Baptist preacher, but okay. I converted in college um uh, to, you know, through Anglicanism and then, um, Catholicism. And that was kind of the, the route that I took, but, uh, the whole like liturgical living stuff was more of a coping mechanism during my last semester, um, in college was when I could really have time to dive in because I was taking the train. Um, if you're familiar with DFW, uh, if, you know, from Dallas to Fort Worth to get to school that last Mm -hmm. semester. So I had a lot of, um, downtime that I didn't want to be doing my homework <laughs> basically. <laughs> so I, so, so that's when I would do like my fun reading. And I just happened to uh pick up a little a little booklet that was on sale at our our local St. Anthony's bookshop. And that okay. really was what, you know, dove me into the history. I mean, we did like the Meatless Friday stuff and just like following, oh, it's Easter and this is Holy Week. We're gonna go, go to these masses type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But the bringing it into the home, really that, that semester in college was when that, um, was opened up to me because I had time. (laughs) I felt I had time or I I needed that time to, uh, (laughs) decompress. And that was a fun avenue for me, those traditions. So, um, learning about that history and, Right, so, so yeah. just
0: going deep into that liturgical living, <laughs> that idea of yeah. liturgical living now. So that's a, a pretty popular phrase. I think a lot of people know or think they know what it means. How would you describe it to somebody who doesn't know what, what we mean when we're talking about liturgical living?
1: Right, and that's really like a new, um, I would say like this this generation term mm-hmm. or, you know, time of our church. But really to me, it's a, you know, just a bringing in of, you know, the the weekly, readings the mass things like that just to your home and it doesn't mm-hmm. even have to be super uh you know involved but just that you're taking it from that place the church you know that that brick and mortar spot to to the people you know in your family mm-hmm. but
0: Right, and and the way people live that out looks different inside of each oh, family. But let's yeah. talk about your family because you started learning more about liturgical living in the liturgical year before you had kids. Now that you're a mom of eight, I'm sure your life looks a little bit different. Um, but what's, what's been kind of your your family's way of uh, taking on liturgical living and what are some of the benefits that you've seen inside of your own home and family life?
1: mm mm-hmm. um, so When we first started, so it was, you know, me and my husband and it was really just, uh, you know, we would reference the saint like at dinner, which was the time we were, you know, together with school and his work and, and then my work and that, that busy time. Uh, So, you know, just making sure that we're referencing and, and keeping in mind, you know, what day it is, where we are in the season. I mean, and that's as simple as, you know, a saint of the day email being sent to you and, you know. St. Thomas Bucket, pray for us, you know, right. at dinner, as we did have children and more children. And I had five boys before I had a girl. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so it there was no, there was not a lot of um, craftiness or things that I think now are usually associated. Yeah. I'm with, glad you're saying that. this. Yeah. Make this <laughs> distinction. Yeah. So, um, you know, my, my sons, even like coloring, they're like, oh, here's five minutes. Here's two scribbles. And you know, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm like I put all this and I, I cut up this stuff and you know I've got the glue sticks and right because I you know, I was a crafty person as a child and so I was like I, I was like looking forward to this but you know they didn't they didn't want to do that right. so I had to kind of shift gear to speak to their personalities and temperaments um, because that's the whole point too is that if if there's not that connection to where they're making those memories and and uh, you know like Chesterton said getting those those fish hooks in them so that it's tied to them in the future, mm-hmm. It's there's really no point. You know what I'm saying? Like it, a picture a picture on Instagram is nice, but that's not gonna get you to heaven. Right, right. <laughs> so, I, so I had to kind of switch how I was doing um, doing things when they were young, uh, when I realized they're not gonna respond to these things that, that I would have mm-hmm. as a child. So we call it, uh, you know, Flannery O'Connor liturgical living. Okay. It's the most macabre, the most cur- the most like gruesome, the most you know anything like that. Like Saint Lawrence, we're gonna have a barbecue because they they're like, oh, he was grilled and he was you know cracking <laughs> jokes and you know like so they that's what they grasp onto. At least yeah. my sons. So that's what I run with, even though it might not be what I would necessarily have. Been. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's so friendly. You know? Yeah, I I think that's,
0: that's so great. Um, So, you know, having to tailor it to your boys and, you know, I think it's important to make that distinction that it's not necessarily about the crafts or about the recipes or about anything you're going to make or do or buy Um, just you know, reading the readings for the day is liturgical. So I, I think people need to hear that because sometimes all of that stuff, as great as it is and as fun as it can be, it can be overwhelming for moms sometimes. And I know for sure inside of my own family life, I've had times where I felt overwhelmed by it, where I felt like that's just another thing for me to fail at. Like I'm not not living up to this liturgical living ideal because I didn't get the recipe done or whatever it is. So what, what advice might you offer to a mom who who feels overwhelmed by that very idea? Like I'm barely you know, getting myself dressed in the morning. How am I supposed to be living out this liturgical year at the same time?
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, and I think, you know, you have to know your kids too. Um, If you have a bunch of little girls, it's probably gonna look a lot different than Mm -hmm. our house. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But even just like a simple, a simple prayer, I know um, like Magnificat has the, the readings with the collects and even just the little collect that, that references the saint Mm -hmm. or the feast, you know, that epiphany coming up um tomorrow so but it's going to reference that and just you know because that's that's the thing too it's not a trying for us anyway to we've got to learn every single thing about that feast that saint whatever that day is on this one day a year it's a layering as we go through and when it comes around next year we might go a little deeper and when it comes around the year after that when they're a little older we might bring in this part or you know so it's i don't want moms to feel like um well, I didn't do the ten things I had on the list for epiphany. I failed because right. if you'd seen our Advent this last, <laughs> you know, the last couple Especially of weeks, being three, pregnant, years, right? Yeah, girl, my bandwidth was just—I don't know. It was—it was to the tilt, and I could not. I don't know. Just getting through the days, I was just right. You know. So, so you know, we really scaled down. Even though maybe in the past, I mean, you know, we would do Jesse Tree and things like that. We really pared down and. um what the kids could help with, that's what we did. Mm-hmm. And the other things I just said, you know, we're not going to do that this year. We've done it in the past and we can do it again in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not happening today. And yeah. Right. Because we do have season.
2: Right. I you think know, that's it's coming back wise. around.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, that's just, very wise because you need to own exactly. where you are, right? And what's going on in your life right now. And that might be that you are barely keeping your head above water and that's okay. But like you said, that's not necessarily going to be every year. It's not going to be like that for every advent. So just, you know, being honest about where you are right now and what the limitations of that might be, I think is really valuable advice.
1: Right. Well, so, and I, little, you know, having all little kids, having older kids too, that's gonna change as as your family grows. So
0: Exactly, like right now with your oldest being 11, I mean, we did that, we did that crazy thing. We had eight kids under the age of 12. And so I know exactly what it is. (laughs) It's a lot. It's a lot that you've got going on. So it's very different from where we're at now, where my youngest is 14. And, you know, we're in a very different stage of life. So, um, but I, I do remember, like, we'd get to some of the stuff and we wouldn't get to others of the stuff. And sometimes there was like, there would be an advent where I would kind of pick and choose and maybe talk to the kids and say, like, okay, this is super important to me. I want to make sure we do this. Like, let's do that if that's the only thing we do kind of thing. And it was fine. And, you know, even now being at the stage of life where I'm at, where I do have more time and energy for things, like I didn't get to stuff in Advent like that I thought I would. And I was making the the St. Lucy bread um, after New Year's and that's fine. Like,
1: It, it all worked out fine. Well, and I think that's too, I think a great example that we can follow is that, um, you know, if your parish follows the new calendar is that they transfer a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, case in point, we just had Epiphany on the third, on Sunday, um, when it's traditionally the sixth. So if you can't get to something, I, I don't see an issue. (laughs) I mean, I'm not not a Canon lawyer or anything like that. So don't, don't take it (laughs) that. Um, you know if if you have um you know a name day or this or that and you can't do it till the weekend or you want to move it to the sunday you know the church ha- has already shown us that example of the transferring of right. feast so i don't see that being a problem in in a, in the home setting if it's going to help you get to it versus not getting to it right exactly so, and um
0: yeah and i think tools. it's really about like bringing you know, recognizing you are a domestic church and bringing some of those faith practices into your own little church that you have inside of your home and family. So uh, with, by the time this podcast publishes, we're going to be heading toward Lent. Lent is going to be heavy on people's minds and that's a huge liturgical season. I, I like that you have 40 days. So, yes. whatever you've got planned, you've got 40 days to figure it out. Um, do you have any thoughts or advice for somebody who's making a plan for their family for Lent this year?
1: Right. So, um, yes, I, the thing about Lent is that if you have a, a big family or you know, even a small family, there's un, unknowns at sometimes that pop up and and get us off track. But you mm-hmm. can kind of ease in. There's so much time. What we try to do, we kind of have three. I don't know three three areas that we try to look at when we're doing our family you know disciplines for the season Mm -hmm. um and of course if you have really little kids this is they're not going to be picking all three of these and all that right but you can set the atmosphere and the tone in your home um and kind of bring them along with it with everybody uh so that for us that's the you know the amendments of life those are the things we don't want to do like ever again Mm -hmm. um and you know, our, our disciplines or the sacrifices that we're taking on for that season. And then we have, you know, the crosses or the extra, extra things that we want that are also for that set time. Um So I think, I think it's, it's real easy to be like, I'm never going to do, you know, these 10 things ever again, you know, and I'm going to have, yeah. you know, add this devotion and add that and, it, you know, and I'm just going to do it perpetually. I have burnt out so many times, Yeah, <laughs> you know, when I, with that attitude, and it's and it's uh, it's probably pro- related to pride. It's probably mm-hmm. related to my pride. Uh, but um, but we have you know having these grand plans. But I've I've learned that I've gotta I've gotta kind of scale that back and having an end date for that devotion. You know, like we're gonna do stations of the cross on Fridays. Having an end, end date, then I think there's more space to if we have grown during that season and we are then able to continue it. It's more beneficial and fruitful then feeling like a failure at mm-hmm. the end of the six weeks, you right. know, so right. it's kind of that mental game of, of setting yourself up for success. Um Because mm-hmm. I need all the wins I can get, you know, <laughs> stuff is going to come up, you know, I just as a mom and and homeschooling and with kids, there's, there's going to be that negativity when you don't feel like you've, you've made, made the goal. Mm-hmm. So having those, those especially in something as important as, as the spiritual aspect of our homes, I think is, is a (laughs) win-win. <laughs> yeah.
0: So do you recommend that families
1: do like, I, I, so we all do kind
0: of take on personal things for the season of Lent and, you know, I'm giving up whatever, or I'm taking on this extra prior time or whatever it is. And do you, do you recommend yeah. that families do something like make a decision together? Like I, we've been all over the map with this. Like, are are we all going to say no TV during Lent? Are we all going to say like, Oh no, yeah, like no going out to eat or whatever yeah. it is?
1: yeah I think so when when especially when you have the little kids, I think it's easier just to have a family code of conduct, whatever you want to call it, a uh, group of of disciplines mm-hmm. um of the giving up things mm-hmm. because I think if you have like one child one older child that oh, he's only going to be the one who t- gives away TV, then it's going to be yeah. you know a constant temptation for him right if everybody else is is still and i and i want to set them up for success too um i mean we're not going to do super <laughs> black fast and things like that from the middle ages with the with the you know 11 year old as our oldest child we're <laughs> not gonna do that but they can have little successes and other other things you know like we're not gonna do tv or we're not gonna do movies or you know whatever your gradient is on that mm-hmm. and so they're flexing that muscle of of sacrifice um, even though it's not like a super difficult, maybe give something to give up for them. They're yeah. still, they're still getting that flexed. So, yeah.
0: So how do you recommend we talk to our kids about this? Cause we want to be setting that example of, you know, and this is something I've kind of gone back and forth with, not only with Lent, but with regard to their own spiritual life. Like we do things as a family and we're setting that example. Mm-hmm. They see our example of our individual devotions or whatever it is we're doing. But how do you have that conversation? How do you how do you make that translate into their owning it? Like they're taking on this uh, practice. Because I know I, for, for sure, for some years in Lent, I'm like, you know, I look at a kid and I'm like, that kid's just along for the ride. Like he didn't, <laughs> you know, commit to anything personally or or whatever. And so, I mean, it's it's kind of, I suppose it's different for each kid, but do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Um, well, I mean, I think it's a, it is a a habit and it is something we have to, um, not just work on during Lent because I, Mm -hmm. because I don't feel like me as an adult, even that I have that strength enough to, to to be able to only do it like that one time a year, Mm -hmm. you know, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't (laughs) do well, well with that. Um, so, I mean, we're supposed to, to have some type of sacrifice each, each week. And I think that we can, if we start, Just with that small stuff like that, it can be easier uh, for them to to understand because it's it's not just an out of the blue annual Mm -hmm. thing. Uh, So, uh, and I we kind of pair it with the offering things up, um, like if something bad happens or they get hurt or uh, things like that, and that's kind of like the the bottom foundation for us, uh, you know we offer this up for their poor souls in purgatory. We offer this up for the end of abortion. We offer this up for so-and-so's conversion. Um, mm-hmm. j- just in seeing that it has a, can have a purpose that that suffering in any, in any form um, can be united with Christ's suffering and then, and then be useful. Yes. Um. Cause I think that's the thing too, that it's, it's in our world now, the, the overarching, opinion is that, you know, we've got to get rid of suffering. we've got to we've got to, any pain we've got to get rid of and it's not valuable. And when we're going to be countercultural and go against that because it's the truth, they need to have that connection made that yes, there is the value. this is going towards a good mm-hmm. versus you know versus it's an evil that needs to be fought right. and um, and teaching
0: your kids that can be such a great gift to them because it's suffering's inevitable. And giving them the proper perspective on it and a way to make it valuable, redemptive for them. I, what a beautiful gift that gives to them throughout their lifetime. Um, so I love that you share that about teaching your kids about offering up and making sacrifices year round. Are, are there other ways that you might recommend other fruitful things that you can do inside of your daily routine? Maybe that other people haven't really thought of or haven't considered taking on that can add more of your faith or your or daily prayer to your family's everyday routines?
1: Um, so, uh, this is going to sound weird probably to some people, <laughs> um, but that's okay. I can be weird. Um, <laughs> uh, so, we, so at one point I thought I was going to go into the religious life before I met my husband. So when we started trying to, to set up like the family culture of our home and just kind of like how we were going to work things, um, differently than our family of origin, um, you know, for what we wanted to accomplish, um, we really looked at, you know, Saint Benedict and his rule and things like that because it was part of our marriage prep. It was brought mm-hmm. up um, as part of that uh, with with our priest. and so we loosely um try to try to format our our home life our day after you know the liturgy of the hours and things like that. I mean loosely, as in we have mm-hmm. times for prayer, we have times for work, we have times for, you know, things have a specific purpose, you know, mm-hmm. throughout the day. And, um, but the thing is, we're not going to be sitting down or at least, you know, in this season, <laughs> right. With the divine office and going through all the, the hours and all that stuff and, and, and those prayers and things like that. But what we can do is we can have, we can have grace at meals. We can have a litany that we say for the month of, you know, like January, the litany of the most holy name or we can have a, a certain prayer that we say. So we can make our own liturgy of life that fits our family or anybody can to fit their family. Right? Uh, you know, on the way to school, we say this prayer. On the way home, we say, you know, just making it fit into our different dynamics and ages and stages and, and um, you know, the duties of our station, but it's just finding those pockets. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And, yeah. And, I'm real big on on pinning something to a meal because I know a meal's going to happen. Right. <laughs> Other are going to show up to eat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Other things might not happen during the day, um, yeah. but I know we're going to get three meals in there. <laughs> and um, so if I if I pin stuff to meals, um, that that's really helped me to stay mm-hmm. on top of it. I mean, and to be honest, it's usually going to fall on the mom. Right. Um, so whatever's going to make it the the most doable. And simplicity, you know, just keeping it simple, uh, I would say, which which like the litanies, that's I love litanies because even the kids that can't read, they can say, pray for us. Yeah, they they catch on to that pretty quick. Yeah, so they can they can participate actively, but they're not having to read or or or, you know. It, and and they know it's coming. So it, cause it is r- repetitive. So right. things like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, making a family liturgy of life with your, your, the different devotions you want to make happen during the day. I mean, even as simple as a morning prayer, um, you know, a prayer at the meal, you can do family rosary, you can do, you know, pray for the poor souls at one o'clock. That's the day profundis, um, bell they used to have. I don't know. I'm real big on the poor souls because I feel like I'm going to need a lot of help when I'm there. <laughs> you know, You're so investing. I'm like, pay this forward. Yeah, I'm like, I need to pay this forward because I think, um, yeah, I'm be there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't even talked about music yet.
0: And, you know, I know this is really a, a large part of your ministry and your work that you do. So maybe talk a little bit about that. Do you incorporate music with your kids with regard to their faith at home?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, So... For me, um, the, like my introduction to hymns and things like that was through my mother. Um, I'm a second generation homeschooler. So uh, she, after lunch, would practice, you know, old Baptist hymns at the piano. Mm-hmm. So my mom really introduced me um, to, to those old Baptist hymns, you know, old rugged cross and what a friend we have in Jesus and, and all that. So um, So that introduction was through my mother. So when I started attending the Anglican services uh, with Mm -hmm. my then uh, while while my husband and I were um, in our courtship, you know, they had not the same hymns, but it was a similar style of that old English hymnody. And right. And you got the greats like Rafe von Williams, you know, because he did all those those settings uh, for them the Anglican church. So that was like a a carryover that I that I really grasped onto. So I started, you know, when I had children and things like that to work in the hymns that I had learned to love through the Anglican church and through, you know, then the the Catholic Church and um, you know, all those great ones that had been translated from the Latin to the English and in, you know, like the 18th 1800s. And uh mm-hmm. so, so I would just, you know, it's kind of like a game, you know, who can I match? Right. To the different days. And, and this, you know, there's so many that are in the, you know, the liturgy of the hours too, that are set for, for different ones, you know, Oh, this is the Vesper hymns for, for such and such. And, you know, all this history, and and I just love history too, that it's almost, it's almost been lost um, because a a lot of those hymnals and things are out of print. Mm -hmm. So so that that's like a two-edged sword, Um, you know, on the good side, they're in the public domain. So you can- You can do you what access, you want. Yeah. You access them and and usually they're online as a PDF and, and, and free. Um, but then on the other side, they're not really in as much use. So, mm-hmm. it's, so I'm, I'm trying to bring those back in my- Yeah. Little- so
0: are some of them available <laughs> at your
1: website at, at
0: uh, barefootabbey.com? I know it was part of your bio that there are some hymns available there. Can people check them out there?
1: Yes. If you type in um, Singing with the Saints- um, in the little search search bar, mm-hmm. it'll bring up all the lists of all the hymns and the Marian, you know. And oh, I've great. got categories A to Z. I've got categories Marian hymns and ones by feast day and ones by, you know, just different different categories in there. Hopefully, you can find, uh, you know, one one that you want to want to learn with your family. And that's mm-hmm. the thing with with music, which um, so that's that's my degree is is um, is voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. So when you, when you're learning a new piece, you want to, to learn music, the easiest way us as humans learn that is from our parents and, mm-hmm. and repeating an adult voice, um, you know, that them singing and with that oral tradition. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do is I'm, of course, I'm not their parent, but I, but I can maybe be the, the next best thing, mm-hmm. so you sing along right. with me. It'll, you know, so I hopefully that's, cool, you know, a free tool that, that will help write these truths on on our children's heart because when we learn things by music, we're gonna remember it in a different way um, scientifically than than if we like wrote it down or, mm-hmm. or things like that. it just it just puts it in our brain in a, a different area so.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. So people can access those resources. We'll have them linked up in the show notes, which are always available at ascensionpress.com. Check it out there. We'll make sure to have the link there. One last question for you before you have to go, Jenny, is that you're such a busy mom. You have so many things going on. You're homeschooling. You've got the eight kids under the age of 12. You've got um, you know, your consulting. You've got your liturgical living and uh, your music work. I want to know, and people are going to want to know, I'm not going to ask how you do it all because I'm I'm not a fan of that question. (laughs) Uh, I know nobody does, but I do want to ask, how do you take care of yourself? You know, you just had a baby. This is a great time for us to maybe focus on some self-care. And this is something women really struggle with. Do you have any things in place? Like, how do you make sure that you're not going to reach that point of burnout and overwhelm? Um, How are you making sure proactively to take care of you?
1: So, um, you know, early on when I only had like the two under two, I, I was like, okay, I should be able to do all this stuff. And as I, you know, as we've had more kids and as we have, you know, we've moved and, and different places and we're on a farm now and all, you know, there's just different situations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've had to let yeah. a lot drop Yeah, and, it, and, but, but the thing is we get to choose what we, what we drop and what we don't drop. So I can have, you know, my my priority as I want to I want to have a nod to this day on the calendar or or I want to, you know, make sure we get to this this book in our homeschool or mm-hmm. things like that. But it is I mean, it's just a con- for me, it's a constant choosing, but it's also um, a you know, at night, once the kids go to bed, that's just kind of my decompression time, even if I do maybe have to stay up later than than maybe would be deemed you Know <laughs> the best. I've done, by, by I've done it. No. Um, there's a place know, for that it, for sure. yeah. I mean, I might not be getting my eight hours in, but I think there is something positive about having that time to where you can hear yourself think and 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 feel you know human again. Um, yeah, as your own person, yeah. At I think you know the day. Yeah, that's very simple,
0: but great, great advice. It's like in in the trenches, sometimes that's what you're doing. You're sacrificing your sleep to be sure that you're getting that time. And you know, that balance, of course, is going to look different for everybody. But um, I, I think it's important for us to to talk about that, especially when we see people on social media that seem to be doing it all, having it all. It's all perfect. They've got the Instagram perfect photo to prove it. And um, you, know, you need a reality check sometimes about what exactly is going on behind the scenes. And there's real sacrifice to be made, regardless of what your goals are, right? That something's got to give at, at some point. But I'm glad to hear that you are making sure you have time for you.
1: <laughs> yeah I mean and see if you have uh you know access to help or a community take advantage of it and and yeah. you can you know you can support other moms and they can support you um I wish we had more of that out here in the sticks we don't but uh, <laughs> but if you if it's there there's nothing wrong with with uh, being a part of that and yeah. and having it you know help you're helping you know yourself but you're helping other moms and that's gonna help you know you while you're ministering to your family. For sure. You you can't, yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Jenny, I want to thank you. Jenny Shaw has been my guest here on Girlfriends. Her website is barefootabby.com. We'll have that linked up in the show notes. I want to thank you, Jenny, for taking some time for the Girlfriends today, but more importantly, for all that you're doing in your home and in your family, that's such an inspiration. It's very encouraging to me to see how you're doing all of that.
1: Thanks, thanks for having me. They're going to put on my tombstone. She tried hard. (laughs) (laughs) And we know you did. We know you do. And we're so glad that you're sharing
0: it with the rest of us. (laughs)
1: Thanks.
0: (laughs) Well, coming up, I've got some listener feedback for everyone. But first, we're going to take a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you're listening to The Girlfriends Podcast.
2: Reading the Bible is something we as Catholics know we should do. But let's be honest, it can be kind of complicated. Even though it's a complete story, The Bible isn't really one book. It's more like a library with dozens of books and dozens of genres. There's poetry, prophecy, and prose. There are apocalypses and revelations, historical accounts and allegories. No wonder it's difficult to keep a finger on the story of God's love and plan of salvation for his people, the thread that keeps all of it together. If you're wishing there was a simple guide to help you tie all of this together, then you're just like Jeff Cavins and Tim Gray. That's why they wrote the book, Walking with God. Walking with God is a single book that traces the story that ties the Bible together. It helps you to understand the big picture of the Bible. If you're looking to read more of the Bible, Walking with God will help you do it with confidence, peace, and clarity. You can find out more and order Walking with God on ascensionpress.com or on Amazon.
0: Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share a little bit of listener feedback with you. And this week I got an email from listener Kathleen that really brought a smile to my face. So this is what she shared. Hi, Danielle. Just a quick note to let you know how much I'm enjoying your podcast. I've recently branched out from my usual podcasts and have started listening to more, more to yours while on walks or popping my earbuds in after showering at the gym before work. I'm sure I get the side eye from some women who don't realize what's going on when I giggle to myself at something you just said into my ear. I thought you'd appreciate two things I wanted to share. One deals with something you've talked about several times, praying with your children when a first responder is doing their job. This came about years ago when my now 23-year-old daughter and 18-year-old son were much younger and we'd see the police, firefighter, or paramedic en route to help someone. I'd tell them to say a prayer, but that gave no focus to all that needed praying for. So I came up with what we call our siren prayer. Back then I typed it up, put some firefighter police ambulance stickers on it and laminated it. And the kids would pull it out of their seat back pockets whenever we heard a siren. It didn't take long to memorize it given its rhyming simplicity and we all still say it to this day. I tend to post it on 9-11, uh, hence, hence the design below. I'll I'll share this. Um, I think in the the girlfriend's podcast, Facebook group, which is a private group. If you'd like to join, head on over to Facebook and request to join at facebook.com slash groups slash girlfriends podcasts. If you can't remember all of that URL, totally get it just subscribe to the show notes. You can send the word girlfriend to 33777 and you will be automatically subscribed or go to ascensionpress.com and you can get the link there anytime. So I'm gonna post the um, picture that she shared of the prayer in case anybody wants to print it out. And um, here's the prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you with this humble prayer that the police, paramedics and firefighters may travel in your care that the sick or hurt they go to help may hear you whisper in their ear. I have you in my arms, dear child. There is no need to fear. And if it is your will, Lord, please heal their every need. Or should you call them home to heaven? We wish them Godspeed. Amen. So that's a beautiful prayer. And I want to thank Kathleen for sending that in. She also sent me a um, funny picture of a bumper sticker on the back of a septic truck that says this truck is filled with political promises, <laughs> which, um, yes, that also brought a smile to my face. I think in this time of political divisiveness, uh, we could all use that kind of Chuckle at some of the, the things that are going on politically these days. So, thank you so much. She says, with gratitude from one of your NC girlfriends, Kathleen, love that you're in North Carolina. That is a state close to my heart, such a beautiful place to visit. Very fond of the Outer Banks, where I've been with my family many times. So, thank you for sharing that prayer, Kathleen. Again, I'm going to post the image that she shared in our Facebook group, which is exclusive to you people who listen to the Girlfriends podcast you are listening to the Girlfriends Podcast so you qualify. So head on over to facebook.com slash groups slash Girlfriends Podcast and you can request to join. It is a private group which is kind of nice because then... Uh, you know, your friends and family and other people who are on Facebook don't see what you're sharing in there unless they're also members of the group. But our numbers are fairly small. It's not an enormous group just yet. So it feels very personal and you can post prayer requests. I'm always encouraged to see people sharing little moments from what's going on in their family or asking for prayer support. And the beautiful response that we get from the other listeners is always an encouraging thing to see there. So looking forward to connecting with you on Facebook. And that's all the time we have for today. I do want to remind you to register for Seek 21, following the link in the show notes, and also be sure to register for the Catholic Bible Summit. Really looking forward to participating in that event and connecting with you there. But for now, I want to thank you for being here. Thanks for showing up. You know, I don't spend a lot of time clicking around and finding out my stats on this Girlfriends podcast, but... I did have the occasion to do that recently because um, we're, it's actually just past our five-year anniversary. I've been doing this little podcast for five years. And so I thought I would check out the stats um, on the occasion of that five-year mark and see how we're doing. And I was amazed to see that there have been over 1.8 million downloads of the Girlfriends podcast That is such an enormous number, I cannot even wrap my brain around it. And I am so grateful to you for showing up in that way, for you, participating in the podcast, for you, subscribing, for all the ways that you encourage and support me offering your ratings and reviews on iTunes, sharing about the podcast on social media, all those great things that you do that encourage and support the work that we're doing, really building a community here at Girlfriends. So thank you for being a part of that. And as I remind you every week, if you are listening to the Girlfriends podcast, you have been prayed for because I do pray for all of you every week and I'm so grateful for your presence here. So thank you for that. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation.